Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osherberg and Brian Sexton. Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Good morning. Welcome to Jags Drive Time, presented by Car Shield. It's the Monday show. We're doing it on a Tuesday, and we'll have the Wednesday show tomorrow on Wednesday. And then we'll sign off until after the Super Bowl. So today on Drive Time, we're going to look back at Saturday afternoon's game in Kansas City and share some thoughts with you. And then tomorrow, we'll go through the locker room and hear from the coach and put a bow on John what was a um, a really good season. Oh, you know, I mean, just... Yeah, that's understatement. Yeah, which, totally. which is not like you. Yeah, so, no. um, unbelievable season. And I hope... People watching this today, watching on the podcast as they consume this, have stepped away enough from the understandable disappointment of not winning that day to realize, A, what a unbelievable thing it was that this team was playing in the last three minutes of a divisional play, or five minutes of a divisional playoff with a chance to get to the AFC Championship game against a what has become a legacy team, one of the best teams in the NFL, had won six in a row. Uh, you know, whatever the expectations were to clear it, uh, Doug Peterson was asked yesterday if if you can have a successful season without winning the Super Bowl or something like that. Yeah. You know? Can you feel a sense of accomplishment? Yeah, and boy, only one team wins it, but I've got to think that the fan base and the players and the coaches um, deservedly feel as good about this as you can feel after an NFL season without lifting the trophy. All right, so before we get into big things, just big, broad picture here, and I think the season went so long and accomplished so much that it's tough to remember what you felt at this time last year, right? They had just beaten the Colts, but it was just a miserable season, and they hadn't hired a coach, and that process was dragging on. The the franchise felt like it was gun-shy a year ago, like, yeah. Are we going to dig out of this thing with the quarterback or not? I think most people felt, and, and you know, you have different emotions at that time. For us, you know, there's always a little bit of fatigue because it's a long season. You bet. But I, I think overall, there was more of a feeling than I've ever had of whatever. You know, it, 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 like okay, let's see it now. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I don't, I don't want to say I had that. Uh, that's really not the way I approach things. But I know the fan base, people who were writing me, had a lot of them had this, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of getting up for every change. I'm tired of getting excited about everything. Show me. Sure. And so Show me. a year right. later now, even having lost a playoff game over the weekend, there's... They got everybody back. Man, they did. And you just couldn't have picked or predicted, I mean that Doug would be able to do that in year one. So let's roll right into big things here and get after it. And we'll start with Proud. And it's okay to be happy and smile about this team and this season. Just told him I was proud of him for the season that we put together. Nobody expected us, the Jaguars, to be in this football game from the beginning of the season to today. And I just told him how proud I was of them for how they hung together all season long, how they how they battled, fought through a ton of adversity, um, you know, and just proud of the way they they kept battling all season to get to this spot and really battling this game to come down to the, you know, an onside kick to potentially you know seeing what what happens, right? 
and um, told them we were going to, you know, we we're going to learn from this. We're going to grow from this. And, uh, you know, our expectation is to be in these games every year. I mean, that's we're we're, we're just, you know, we're that's our expectation. And, uh, um, you know, this was a good, good first year for all of us. Big thing too, grateful and the quarterback in the post game after the loss with the disappointment still lingering cut right through all of the gloom and pointed out the fact that this team accomplished so much that you had to take the time to feel some gratitude for how it all came together. First of all, thank you. Thank you guys and, and all y'all that are in here that are Jacksonville people. Man, we appreciate you guys. Uh, a lot of ups and downs, even just this season. And It was a special year for, for us, um, for the city, for, for everybody, and couldn't have done it without all you guys supporting us. So we're thankful for you guys. Those last two home games were, were games I'll never forget. And just excited for that to be the atmosphere and the, just the uh, future for our team. And I'm, I'm really excited. And it's hard to even think about next year right now because you're just still, obviously, this, this loss is fresh. But um, we're going to be back. And this is the new standard. And, and we set that. And this is the bar. And um, we'll be back. So. And finally, big thing three, focused. And this football team was able to learn from the lessons week to week. That happens when you have a coaching staff that's dialed in and knows exactly what they're wanting to accomplish. But they had some lessons late in the year that middle linebacker Foye Aluakon believes will help them get to that next level next year. I mean, just this the growth, and we're going to continue to grow. That's just a start for them. It took me five years to get here. This is my fifth year just tasting the playoffs. And they got that experience in their first year. So now they know what it should look like. They've been a part of three and whatever it was. And they've been a part of the playoff run. So they, they should know what, what it looks like. Practice, preparation, energy level, what it should look like week in, week out. So any new people we bring to the squad, we know what to expect, the standard. And there you have it. Big things. And John, uh, proud, grateful, and focused are three good words to go into the offseason describing your football team brian they won 10 games from 19 i mean from uh 2019 to 2021 and they won 10 this year yeah uh that's unbelievable and i'm not a huge numbers guy but i think those numbers show you where they were uh because they weren't just the worst team in the nfl the last couple of years i'm not sure they weren't the uh, worst team in the nfl by a, a fairly wide margin any team that picks number one's bad but this team was you know I think it was 10 double-digit loss double losses last season. That's as low as you can get without being uh, winless. Um, pride, all the things we talked about, the big things. One thing I didn't say at the top that I want to get in, we, we have talked so much about 96 because we were there for that and this, and there are parallels. But I think the biggest parallel is how the fans – and the city now feel about the franchise. Remember, 96, everything was fresh. Yeah. And there was a love with this team. And there was an excitement. And I alluded to it a couple times during the run. I think that's back. It does feel fresh again. It feels new. It feels optimistic. But there's also, I think, a healthy add-in of how hard it is to do. And how special it really is. I'm not sure 96... I've been covering the league for two years. And then I went and I, I covered a bunch of Super Bowl, you know, all that. I didn't know how tough this was. I didn't know how bad it could be. 
I think the fan base gets that too. So there is an appreciation of, oh, we have it again. This is what it's going to be. How fun is this going to be? And I do think there's a connection, certainly that I hadn't felt with this franchise since I got back in 2011. And I think the things we talked about in Big Three, the pride, the focus, fans felt what this team was doing and what it meant to them. This is how it's supposed to be. So one thought on that. Back in the early days, we, we were battling the Gator fans and the Seminole fans and the Bulldog fans, right? There were divided loyalties because you had fans of those teams and they were used to and going the to their... King fans. Yeah, they were probably around there too. Um, now, there are so many people, especially the last three years through the COVID pandemic, how many people have relocated to Jacksonville? Mm -hmm. There are more people who are more tied into just this franchise, who yeah. don't have the ties to the local colleges that always pulled them down to Gainesville on a Saturday or up to Athens on a Saturday afternoon. You have now people who are primed to take this fan base, not, not just from a passionate one, but to a much bigger one. You included a lot of people who were not necessarily here in 96 or here in 2007 or even in 2017. And you've said, well, this is my town now. This is my team. And I'm getting that from a lot of people. My wife is a realtor. I've met a lot of these folks who have moved here, and they have become passionate about this team this year, yeah. and that will grow. You will have a fan base that will fill this stadium, and it won't be, man, can they get that game on TV anymore? Right. Yeah. And, and Not that it has been for a while, but. Sure. It, it's a phrase that's been used a lot, and I like it, is, the game Saturday was the end of the beginning, so to speak. Yes. This is the beginning. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a healthy franchise for a long time. And I think healthy is a proper word because yeah. I don't know if it's going to win Super Bowls. I can't predict that. It, it's hard to win one. Uh, but I think if, if, this, if this thing can get there this year, because this was not one of the most talented eight teams in the NFL, I don't think. Um, I it's think fair. I think it was, and it's a developing roster. To take a developing roster in a new situation. Before we get going, one stat that I thought was significant: four teams played in the AFC this past weekend. Andy Reid, ten years; Sean McDermott, six years; Zach Taylor, four years; Doug Peterson, first year. They were beyond where they really should have been in terms of development. You bet. They were playing with three established, going franchises. Jaguars are getting going. This is, you know, the end of the beginning, if you will. If you can describe yourself in your life as proud, grateful, and focused, then you probably are in a healthy situation, too. So I think healthy is the exact word, the perfect word, to describe Shad Khan's franchise, the Jaguars, as they head into the 2023 season. We'll take a break. We'll head back and look at some of the highlights from Saturday afternoon with the proper perspective here on Jags Drive Time on a Tuesday presented by CarShield. And rolling right along here on a Tuesday morning. Again, we're here today and we'll be back tomorrow and then we'll take a couple of weeks off in return after the Super Bowl. So let's get to the highlights from Saturday afternoon at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. And look, we knew going in you're going to have the quarterback looking for the tight end, and they did it early, and they did it often. Don't do it! Gain of a dozen. Mahomes' first drop back. Kelsey's first catch. 
And the off throw, Travis Kelsey, out to the 35-yard line. Second and three, Sky Moore in motion. The pressure picked up. Mahomes from a tight pocket finds Kelsey right around midfield. From the eighth, Mahomes on the run. Kelsey in the middle. Kelsey touchdown. You know, the familiarity that you spoke of. It's everything. You see it there. And you watch the two linebackers here on this particular play. Or the linebacker in the corner. Watch how they just overrun Kelsey. And Kelsey just sits down. Yeah, it's it's easy to say, and I understand how people say this. Oh, put three men on Kelsey. Don't let him beat you. Well, if you do that, everybody else beats you. You bet. Um, and I didn't think every play that Kelsey caught was a lapse by the Jaguars' defense. I'm sure – I haven't talked to Mike Call. I haven't talked to the Jaguars' players about specifically. Well, that jump pass wasn't. But I'm sure there were times on Saturday where they got out-schemed because, you know, guess what? Andy Reid and the Chiefs are going to out-scheme you every yeah. now and then. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't see them neglecting Kelsey. There were um, multiple times – the first play, he caught a two-yard pass and turned it into a four-yard or five-yard pass. I'm sure sitting in game plan – meetings last week they knew they had to give them something and then Kelsey made a few plays and could have done a better job but guess what um this was a hall of famer and probably a hall of famer throwing to him I, I, I think Mahomes will go to the hall of fame he's certainly on so. that yeah. on Trajectory. that path playing against guys who aren't hall of famers yeah you know the Jaguars defense this year was not made up of guys who I think are going to be wearing gold jackets uh that's not a knock on them Travis Kelsey's an all-timer. Uh, he made a few plays that were all-time. They probably got beat a couple of times. Um, it's just how it is. So the Jaguars fall down 7 nothing, but fear not. They understood what they were up against, and they couldn't fall into the hole as they did against the Chargers in the wild card game. Jamal Agnew sparked their come-from-behind run. It showed not one ounce of rust off the bye week. Line drive returnable kick here for Agnew. Good return, man. Agnew's got an opening here on the sideline. Do the Chiefs have an angle? Past midfield, they do. He's out of bounds at the 39. And Lawrence lofting it for Kirk. Got it for the touchdown. Christian Kirk on terrific play design. They're out of the backfield to the end zone. And the Jaguars respond and tie the game. You know, let's take away the disappointment of the loss because I know, I know people are still disappointed. All season, we look for signs of growth. To respond in the postseason on the road and, and turn this into a tie game right here. Uh, yes, they got great position. They got great field position from Agnew. But I think about the first game of the season, they drove, and I think it was the wheel route that uh, Trevor couldn't hit to ETN on almost the same play. And then all of a sudden you're down against Washington the whole game and you're just sort of not – that was a sign of growth to me, that you get down 7 nothing. I felt I felt all along like the Chiefs were better. I've covered a lot of these kind of games where you're playing a better team. I figured that game was going to get to 14 nothing early and then, you're, and then you're going to feel uphill the whole game. Yep. That's sort of what you do on the road against these elite teams when you're a young team. For them to come out and respond and get back to 7-7 and keep this thing – manageable the whole game I thought that was growth and I know people are going to say well it's not time for growth you're in the playoffs but I thought that was a growth moment for the Jacks 100 percent now 
They're down 10-7, to and Mahomes is out of the game. This is where you felt like the Chiefs were a superior team. And, of course, going to their fifth consecutive AFC Championship game, they're the better team. And they showed it here on this drive with Chad Henney off the two-yard line. Third drive of this first half. Pacheco bouncing to the outside. Pacheco in a foot race to the sideline. Pacheco out of bounds at the five-yard line. And Kelsey in the end zone for another touchdown. Look, Chad Henney is not a superior quarterback. We know what he is. He's 37 years old. He's a career backup. But you just saw yeah. the roster and the difference in the developed roster and how the Chiefs' offensive line, I don't want to go too far, that's my big thing, how they dominated that drive because they had to. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, I think most people who watch the game sense this too, so this isn't breaking news. When you got to the 25 on the drive before this and went backward and couldn't get points – and then they came out and drove this. And I know everybody's, everybody has pointed to the Arden key play, which happened on this drive, the roughing yes. the passer. But the Chiefs picked up a first down on that play without that um, roughing the passer. So they had, you know, when this run happened down to the four, that's when I sort of, sort of said, okay, they're not going to do it today. Yeah. Because they had a chance to take advantage of the game and, and take the lead and momentum – Feeling-wise, watching the game, when when Mahomes went out for a little while, you felt like, okay, the Jaguars have a chance to be up 14-10 at half. When, when you're down 17-7, yeah. it's a big switch. Credit them for staying in it and, and almost getting back in it late, but I thought the second quarter was the game. Let's go to the second half. Jags down 17-7, but Trevor Lawrence has some guys he can count on. for Jones has got it there's a flag down on the opposite side of the field but Zay Jones is inside the 25 first and goal Etienne bouncing to the outside cuts it up and in for the touchdown Travis Etienne has made this a four point game with 12 minutes to play in the fourth quarter boy you want to talk about growth yeah well I thought this was a huge drive on that front obviously I mean and I think Plays like the Zay Jones play, uh, I think we're showing it here. These kind of plays will happen more consistently as this team knows each other more. We're going to talk about continuity a lot later in the week, so I'm not going to get to it here. But that will happen more. That's the kind of play that happens when you're developed. Make big plays there. I, th I thought the game also turned a little bit early in the third quarter when the Jags, you know, do I thought a fairly superhuman effort were within seven twice with the ball and then couldn't go get points. Right. It felt, again, I just felt, and maybe I'm wrong, but that was my interpretation of the game was every time the Chiefs needed a big moment, they got it. And I thought the Chiefs stopped the Jaguars there twice when their offense was still getting back into it. Mahomes sort of hobbled. I thought the Chiefs' defense stopped the Jaguars when they needed to, and then they went out and got the advantage again 20-10. to 10 and kept keeping them at bay a little bit. So 
I thought there was an element of that on Saturday. Well, and if only the reverse was true, because after that ETN touchdown, the Jags are within a field goal with 12 minutes left to play. You're thinking, okay, what can the defense do? Remember, Mahomes is not able to move and be the magician that we all know he's capable of. So he did what great players do. They go back to what they do well, and it was the Kelsey drive. And 10, right back to Kelsey, struggled to hold on to it, did pull it in, he'll pick up a first down, just across the 35-yard line. Second and 10, Jaguars show pressure, and bring it, Mahomes has to stay in, Kelsey again, across midfield, for the first down. And Mahomes, steps up, throws to the back, touchdown, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. And that is the very definition of a great quarterback who can't move very well, getting the most out of his scheme. Yeah, and like right there, I didn't think they were ignoring Kelsey. He he, he made a play. He made a play on the next series and uh, I mean on the next uh, highlight. You know, I, I I love Mahomes as a player. I I can't stand the way his helmet sits. That's <laughs> yeah. my only knock. Okay, but, but he he's a wonderful player. Again, I thought this showed where Kansas City is as a franchise, as a big moment franchise. This kind of drive is why they're playing in their fifth consecutive AFC Championship game. It was a key moment in the game. The Jaguars were back in it, and the Chiefs went down and scored without facing a third down. Right. Um, that's why I felt like I somewhere it just felt to me like a game where the more experienced team – was going to find a thing to do to win no matter what happened. I thought that drive personified that. And Doug obviously thought thought the same way. He talked about how much his team would learn from a game mm-hmm. like this in the postgame. We're going to show you the final drive for the Jaguars. Well, not quite the final drive, but the drive that ended the game essentially right here. 25 to go. Offside. Free shot here for Lawrence. Pass is caught. Right around the 20-yard line. Third and ten, here comes the pressure. Lawrence getting away, scrambling, running for it. Trevor puts his shoulder down. Gets the first down at the nine-yard line. None bigger than that. Going quick from the nine. Gets it out. Agnew at the five. Lost the football. Free in the pile. Four Chiefs are there. There they were with the opportunity, right? The fumble notwithstanding. They were right there with an opportunity, which is why a lot of people are like, they blew it. But they got themselves in a position, yeah. and, and this has been a problem this year. Turnovers, especially uh, over the last six or eight weeks, have multiplied, Yeah, and that was it. I, 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 the play I wanted to highlight was the third down and ten, and the run by Lawrence. I mean, if you loved the video of him standing in the tunnel, as people were leaving the field and, and showing his leadership, that run is the equivalent of that. What a what an incredible place. The one I probably will remember all season yeah. or all off season. And I'm talking about both sides both sides of my mouth a little bit because boy, if they had scored there with Agnew, I understand why fans thinking, well, they could have gone and won the game because all they would have needed was one stop, one third down stop, one turnover, which this team has gotten so often in the last six or seven games. I do understand Jaguars fans feeling like, hey, this team was going to make a play to go do it, and they might have. That's why when I was asked, um, do you think the Jaguars should have won or could have won? I thought they could have won. Could have. 
I didn't know that I looked at that as a game that they should have. I didn't think they blew it. I thought they had opportunities. I do think that the last two drives, the one where the – I'm going to say last two, the one that ended in the ETN touchdown and the one that ended in the Agnew drive. Right. You're talking about pressure moments where I'm going to say the quarterback first, the whole offense, but the quarterback led drives into one was a touchdown. I think the other one would have been a touchdown without the fumble. Those are big time, big moment drives. I would say that he'll learn from those, but I, w- I would also say that maybe the learning has already happened. Yeah. Those are huge moments, huge postseason stuff. Um, I don't know that he does that three months ago. Uh, and then, as you said, it's funny. The Achilles heel for the first eight games of the season when they were struggling, red zone turnovers. ETN out here against the Giants. Houston, Denver. I hadn't even really thought about it until I was watching it because you get caught up in it. First red zone turnover. I think it's the first red zone turnover since Denver. Yep. I I think. It was. And so there you go. So We also should point out, by the way, that the defense did come out with that fourth down stop on the following drive that gave them the chance to get the ball back. It they, they showed so much this year. They just didn't have more than Kansas City on Saturday afternoon. When we come back, hot takes here on Tuesday morning. Jags Drive Time presented by CarShield. If your car is out of manufacturer's warranty, don't get stuck with expensive mechanical and computer screen repairs. Call CarShield now. Brian and John, back here with you on a Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday where we'll look forward. We're looking back today. Um, John, how about your hot take? Well, it's, uh, I think the overwhelming feeling is sadness, and that's okay. And uh, when I say that, I mean uh, among the fans. And I want to say this right. I think the fans, many of them who are writing me, talked more about being sad that the season was over than they did being mad about the loss. And they're mad about the loss and frustrated, but and I think the reason for the sadness is I think people are going on on Friday and Saturday I think they're going to miss turning on their TV and watching the Jags play. Yeah. Because I think they fell in love with this team. And I don't think they fell in love with the results. And when I say this, I don't necessarily think the fans are sad that they're not going to be watching them in the AFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl. I think they're sad that they they won't be watching them in a Week Three game. You, you, you no, follow? no, the the because I think they the loved weeks, watching this team. It exactly. was so fun. Well, that was it. You built your week towards the weekend. Yeah. The last six weeks, and the players were getting so excited enjoyable to watch. There's a picture, Brian, on Twitter. Uh, of Doug and Josh Allen. I think it, I think it's after after the Chargers game. I'm not sure, but you can tell that Doug was going in one direction and saw Josh. And there's this look on Doug's face after after a win, and he looks ridiculous. But it's a 54, 55 year old man having the time of his life, life. Yeah. and the the pure joy of the moment. Unexpected, we did it, and it feels to me like fans connected with that 
as much as the victories, and they loved it. And I think fans are going to miss that. And the reason I say that's okay, the connection with this team and the fan base is real. It's kind of like when you run out of your Netflix series, right? You can't wait for the next season. Yeah. Here we go. Wait, it's over? I don't, got, I don't get to yeah. watch one? Yeah. Very, I'm it, done? It, it, same feeling except this. Real people, and you fell in love 100%. with it. And it's, it's, it's uh, again, to me, fans love winning, so I think they, I think they love the 17 team. But I've said it before, that team felt angry. Well, that's it. You, you had so many years of losing. Yeah. That team was giving it back to the league. But this team, it, the love that these guys share for each other and the connection with the fans, the five straight wins out there, so, uh, something special that you don't experience all the time. I think fans are going to miss it. All right. My hot take is looking forward a little bit. The Chiefs' offensive line is the standard. Hey, look, when Mahomes left the game and they were pinned at their two-yard line and they had Chad Henney, 37 years old, and a journeyman backup behind them, you could see that Creed Humphrey in the middle of that line just took over. They sealed every block. They protected their quarterback. They didn't let there be free hits. Um... Their offensive line is really, really good. They were powerful and strong, and you don't have to be an expert on football to know that they took over the ball game. The Jaguars' offensive line took a big step forward this year, played really well, but they've got to get a lot better on the interior of that offensive line, and particularly they've got to get stronger. Luke Fortner is a smart guy. He's a tough guy, um, but he's a rookie, and he's playing at the end of his string. Um they have got to be more consistent. Hey, Tyler Shatley played since week five when mm-hmm. Ben Barch went out. And Tyler Shatley, in his career, has been a consistent backup plug-and-play guy when you need him. And he played his best football all season long. Gave you everything he had. The Jaguars have to get better. The offensive line was good. It's got to take another step for the Jaguars to be able to match what the Chiefs do. Yeah, I think it's important to note that uh, Brandon Sheriff was basically playing without a core the 100%. last half of the season. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, had, had made a big deal out of it. I haven't talked to him about it. But my understanding was uh, the abdomen injury, he's on the injury report every week yep. after about week. Wasn't able to really practice on Wednesday. Nine or ten. Uh, I have no core, Brian. <laughs> but I, I would imagine for somebody with one, right. not having one to play in the right. NFL would be tough. Well, I didn't, I didn't mention him. Because I, I knew he was playing that way. But I guess you get him back healthy. Yeah. You get Fortner a year in the weight room to get bigger and stronger. And then you get Ben Barch back. Or you draft another young guard to compete at that spot. That's how you get better. Mm-hmm. you got to get better on the offensive line. The Chiefs' offensive line set the standard in that ball game. And I think if you're Phil Rauscher, you're going to pull that tape out and watch it in the offseason and figure out how do we get as good as they are. That's just one thought as we come to the close of this show. We'll take a break and come back and wrap it up on a Tuesday morning after this. We'll move the freight with Magellan Transport. Voted the coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at MagellanLogistics.com. Back to wrap it up. We'll be here tomorrow, and tomorrow we will look forward uh, and talk with some of the players and coaches through the uh, the locker room that uh, we already have gotten to. But, uh, John, this team, and it can't be understated, in no way, shape, or form were they supposed to be where they were, right? We talked all through the preseason and back into the summer about six or seven wins would be a big step, a monumental step forward yeah. for this team because it would set them up for 2023 and beyond. 
to get where they are right now was way beyond my expectations. Yeah, and you lose perspective on that when you're winning or when you're around winning late in the season. Hey, I need one more, one more of this, one more of that. Um, you said best top of the show to go from where this team was last January, last year this time, the mess that it was. And it was a mess. Been, and then you're, and, and you're looking for a coach, trying to make sure you get it right. Uh, the guys in the locker room, all the trust building, all that. It, 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 it's, um, I, I understand that Brian Dable is, is winning some of the coach of the year and credit to Shanahan out in San Francisco. I've never seen a, a head coach do a better head coaching job than Doug Peterson did this year. If people took more time to look into it. Right. And they won't. It's easy in New York. It's easy in San Francisco. And sure. those guys are certainly deserving. Um, but if you looked at the totality right. of what this was and what it is Because now, a head coach is not just what you do on oh, week one. Yeah. It's how you build this thing. The He's, he's the heartbeat of your it, franchise. It's remarkable. And uh, maybe he didn't win the award, but for what he did to build this franchise, it, it, it's a remarkable job. Yeah, it's as good a coaching job as I've seen in almost 30 years, yeah. certainly in Jacksonville. All right, that'll do it for this show. We'll be back tomorrow. Lots ahead. Big things. We'll go through the locker room. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. And we'll wrap up the season with tomorrow's Jags Drive Time. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day.